Edwards Foundation, which is the nonprofit organization that supports this radio program, on-call television on SDPB, and other efforts to provide honest, science-based medical information. We're going to spend some time today talking about allergies. If there is a topic or a question you would like to have us discuss related to allergies or other issues, give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430 on your dial. That's right. With us today in our studio is our Prairie Doc, Dr. Rick Holm. And Dr. Holm's specialty is internal medicine. He has worked with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota's Sanford School of Medicine. Good morning, Dr. Holm. Good morning, Laura. Thank you for being our host again. Yes, thank you. We appreciate you. My pleasure. So I wanted to talk a little bit about our mission yeah. So the mission, uh, what is Healing Words Foundation? What is Prairie Doc Productions? It all started with this radio show 25 to 30 years ago. <clears throat> and it was Bert Getz. He invited me to be on the show one time. And then, he, and then he said, why don't you come back another time a month later? And then he said, why don't you do this every month? And then he said, why don't you do this every week? <laughs> and then I'd be here and Bert would be in the other room. I would be in that room and... There was a window in it, and I could see him falling off, and he's, I'm not that interesting. I was thinking, <laughs> I'm trying to keep Bert awake. Um, and, uh, and then somewhere along the line, Joan uh, said, could, would you like to have a host? I'd love to be the, your host. She had heard me, and she liked the idea. And I thought, why not? So that's how that got started. And then somewhere along the line, we got a TV show going. But the... the uh, the radio has been the baseline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bob. I've been asked to play you in an upcoming movie. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be good. I'd love that. So um, uh, anyway, the, the, and what I found was, you know, of course, there was no pay. You just did this because uh, it was what you did all day long, one-on-one with your patients in your office where they paid you. Mm-hmm. But you, you had more people out there. You know, it was a chance to share the information that you're sharing every day. Uh, and, uh, you know, it struck me somewhere along the line how much misinformation is out there. And it's not just in medicine. You know, there's misinformation in politics. There's misinformation in, in uh, you know, we, marketing has, you know, since TV hit and maybe radio too, radio too. Marketing has become, you know, the, pr- the thing that keeps TV and radio for free, right? Quote, unquote. Um, and, uh, and so the marketing, the sales, the advertisements have driven a lot of what is capitalism. And I'm not a- against it. I mean, my, I was raised with that. My father was a salesman. There's nothing, if you don't have a sales going on, then nothing moves. Mm-hmm. It's part of what makes this whole machinery work on the other hand we the consumers need to know and need to think okay that's advertising over there and this is journalism this is a newspaper that says on this date this happened when what where why and so on Uh, and unfortunately journalism has kind of taken a backseat to marketing 
and it's we've we've got to get that straight. People need to get back to uh, the the effort of trying to give the facts and let the truth uh, find its way with the facts. Uh, and people need to be aware of what is marketing. It's not to say we shouldn't listen to marketing. Let it be. It's, there it is. It's good. Yep, I'm glad you're making me feel happy about uh, smoking that brand of cigarette or <laughs> whatever it is that it, you're marketing. I, that was a little tongue-in-cheek. Yes. But the point I'm making is that marketing is marketing. It is not journalism. It is not the facts, what, what, uh, who, what, where, when, why. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, uh, and politics has, has gotten uh, slipped in there on all sides. Mm -hmm. So truth is what we want to do. And that was our goal with this from the beginning, that we would provide what we know is the truth. Of course, the truth... Uh, right now might be different 10 years from now. I mean, we, you, you give the truth as good as you can give it. Right. Yep. And that's what uh, we've been doing with uh, this whole program all these years. Yeah. And we try to bring on tomorrow night, for example, we're going to bring in two Cracker Jack allergists who will uh, uh, know, share it with, with, uh, with us what they know about the sta status of allergies Yes. Uh, right now, and it's changed since we started the TV show 17 years ago. Yes. Yeah, I, th I think it's so valuable what these programs provide and having an hour to listen to, like you said, these experts in the field um, to really listen to them where they're not selling a product. They're not, you can just, they can just tell you what they know, what their studies have taught them, and um, what their practices have taught them right. about these things. And well, we're supposed to be, you know, we're ethically based, right? Physicians are promise, you know, uh, that this will be the truth, you know, will we'll diminish suffering, will enhance health, we'll do it with truth to the bottom line, mm -hmm. and we'll respect people's choices. Those are our ethical promises. We need to keep those promises as we, do, as we present them on air. And uh, and uh, sometimes there's some disagreement, yes, which is okay. Yeah, and you have different personalities. Some are quieter. Some are more flamboyant. Yes. So you have a, a variety of different kinds of of experts on the on the show. But and today the only expert we have is Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven help us. Heaven help us. Well. So, uh, but we are going to talk about allergies tomorrow night with uh, Tom Luzier from Aberdeen and Mark Bubach from Sioux Falls, two wonderful MDs. Uh, Luzier used to be a pediatrician, and Bubach was an internist. And so they, you know, they, they turned into allergists, and they both have their own independent practice. Mm -hmm. It's really quite yeah. interesting. Yeah, very yeah. good. Have you seen the thing on TV, Dr. Holm? It's, it's for people suffering from allergies. It's like a nose lavager or something where you, you put the nose piece in and it has a reservoir with water. Yeah. And it pumps water in one nostril and Comes. then sucks it out the other. Yeah. Right, is there right. any basis to that or is it just right. a marketing thing? No. no. <clears throat> there's some pretty good, uh, there's a name for it. And I haven't used, I haven't promoted that particular device, but there are devices. They, they like the the water to be saline or saline-like or uh, uh, something that is not hyper or hypotonic to the milieu of the nose. 
so that it doesn't draw water in or doesn't draw water out of the tissue. And uh, they would like it to be sterile because you're shooting this stuff into an area that could, you know, could bring bacteria into the bloodstream. So you'd be, and you should do it gently. But there are these nose lavages uh, things, and you can buy them over the counter at the drugstores. And uh, I, I think there's something to be said. I mean, you know, if you're a person who's walking through the field and uh, uh, breathing through your nose, the nose hairs catch a lot of the dust, and the mucus on the walls catch a lot of the dirt and the dust, you know, and, uh, and uh, that's your natural cleansing to keep it from getting big particles getting to your lung but your lung catches some of the dust too and all of that uh dust you know is part of what you do you clean it out the mucus helps clean clean it all out and uh, if if it gets stuck and your mucus is too low or you're not you have too much or there's problems sometimes those lavages work are you laura are you are you familiar with them i'm familiar with them i have not used them but i know people who do and have appreciated their help and they've helped some people i don't i think it's a a select uh few that it works uh for whom it works but uh, personally uh i i don't do it but Mm -hmm. uh when you're really sick and you're full of or when there's a lot of allergies you can cleanse out the allergen that's there now, you know, there's allergens coming, and we can talk about that after the break. Yes, we? let's take our first break. And following these words from Avera Medical Group Brookings, Dr. Holm and I will be happy to discuss the medical issues of interest to you. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Welcome back to the Prairie Doc Radio Program. I am Laura Ellsworth, filling in for Joan Hogan, and Dr. Rick Holm is here with us. And before the break, we were discussing allergies. Um, Dr. Holm, I have a question. So how do you tell the difference between allergies or a cold? The allergies last longer. Okay. That's the first thing. You know, uh, I think uh, the classic cold hits you with an ache all over, sore throat, uh, fever. Mm-hmm. That's about a day or a two. And then, then you have the hacky cough that lasts for two weeks. An allergy might be uh, triggered by the cold. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you c- they meld together and you can't differentiate. Someone who has a cold right now and then they get on the cusp of the allergy to the, the fungus from the snow, the snow fungus, or allergies to the the trees or allergies to the grass or allergies to the weeds. You know, it's a seasonal thing. Uh, if you get that cold, sometimes it gets things all fired up and then the allergy comes, comes in and then it persists. Kind of hard to tell. Mm-hmm. But the classic cold is a fever, a sore throat, ache all over, and then it goes, that goes away and you have a hacky cough for two weeks. That's the cold. Mm-hmm. That's the classic cold. If it's a influenza, it's that times 10. You know, it's just really sore throat, really ache all over, really feel, feel lousy, and then a hacky cough for two weeks. Um, if in the middle of that hacky cough you get a fever again, you worry about pneumonia. I had to say that. But mm-hmm. now let's get back to allergy. Allergies uh, might just be... Uh, more along the lines of runny nose, itchy eyes, uh, 
uh, sneezing, and then it lasts for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes what allergists will suggest is, okay, I, you know that on the 5th of May, when the grass allergies hit, suddenly you're sick and you're sick for two weeks, two months. So let's get you started on Claritin or on Allegra or on Zyrtec, you know, two weeks before that starts. And then you're covered as it hits. So a couple weeks before you know you're going to have an allergy, get started on uh, one of those three long-acting. The th uh, Benadryl is no better than Zyrtec, Allegra, or uh, Claritin. No better. Okay. It just it, it just makes you sleepy, and if you use it every night, thank you, my You're dear. You're very welcome. And if you use it every night, it won't make you sleepy on the third or the fourth night. It stops working as sleepiness, but it only lasts six hours. So my allergy friends usually say, throw away that uh, that one. Okay. Just use either Allegra in the morning, Zyrtec at night or Claritin. Claritin's the weaker of the three. Allegra in the morning, less sedating. Zyrtec, I, I can always remember A, A, start the day with A, Allegra in the morning. Z, go to bed, oh. Zyrtec at night. There so Allegra in the morning, Zyrtec at night, or even maybe Allegra in the morning and Zyrtec at night when you're really, really sick. I've stopped using Claritin and I go to the generic. I go find the Allegra and the Zyrtec <laughs> And then I find the generic name of it, and then I find the uh, generic version of it, and on uh, the counter, and buy the generic version. Isn't that a cheap? I'm I'm just such a conservative cheap guy. I just I am embarrassed. I do the same thing. <laughs> so anyway, um, I think that those are very powerful, and if those are not enough, I will add the steroid nasal spray. Although steroid nasal spray and steroids. Uh, always, you know, that I, I think temporarily. Uh, right. Is that the one you have to be careful that you only use for, for how, how long can you use them? What, what do you recommend? Well, I use, you know, they're fairly mild, mm -hmm. but steroids will cause atrophy of the skin. They change personalities. They raise your blood pressure. And so I'm careful with them. And you go spraying them in your nose and then your nose can get better but then it can it kind of get dependent on the steroid. So right. what I like to do is I'll use the steroid sort of in a PRN or as needed basis. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting really pretty bad. I'll hit the steroids for a couple, three days, and then just kind of forget about it if it's better. Right. Yeah, I think that's something important to mention because uh, people seem to, what, from what I understand, people seem to have a really great response when they use those. So yeah. it's tempting to probably keep using it, but it's important that you stop and let your... Let your, do its thing. let your own system kind of take over and uh, d let's not do permanent. So there's seasonal allergies and then there are non-seasonal allergies. The mm -hmm. non-seasonal allergies, of course, are, you know, the uh, uh, mites, you know, in the house, the uh, house dust allergies and the dogs and the cats and, and uh, those kinds of things. Now, there's a whole lot about food allergies and I am just Mr. Ignoramus when it comes to that. That's in the pediatric basis. We'll hear Tom Luzier wax eloquently tomorrow night on food allergies, but um, and and Bubak as well. But I think the main thing about um, uh, allergies is, and we're, the reason we're doing the show right now is it's just 
before the season hits. Yes. So, and we timed it just like that. And um, Bubak and, and Luzier are both past and present board members on our, our Healing Words Foundation. They're just so good. Yes. Such good guys. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's time for us to take our next break. And following these words from a very medical group, Brookings, Dr. Holm and I will be happy to discuss the medical questions you might have. So give us a call at 605-692-1430. Welcome back to the Prairie Doc Radio Program. I am Laura Ellsworth, and Dr. Rick Holm is here in the studio with us, and we have been talking about allergies this morning. Dr. Holm, we had a question come in saying, why are EpiPens so expensive? Um, I always kind of have to hold my tongue because I want to swear. <laughs> it, it, it makes me, because... because uh, my, my, the best take I can have, and that's just my opinion, right? And this is, yeah, okay, we're talking misinformation and so on and so forth, so I don't want to give opinions, but I am going to give you this opinion, that in many cases, pharmaceutical industry have not been based, basing what they're doing on ethics of diminishing suffering, being honest, respecting people's choices. They base their ethic on the business ethic, which is, Profit. Mm-hmm. Period. No further than that. Profit only. Our job is to make money for our shareholders. That's it. That's the business ethic. Well, I think that's that's just wrong. Um, and I think uh, you know if they if the price goes down, it's only because competition has driven it down. That's the only way they can get profit again. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not against profit, and I'm not against uh, competition. I'm just saying there should be an ethic behind them, too, mm-hmm. particularly when people are dependent on it. There are poor people who don't have good insurance, and it looks like maybe insurance may be dem- going away again with the ACA at risk right now with what hap- our government's doing. So th- th- they will have to pay cash for these um, EpiPens. Now, EpiPen has got about uh, all told less than $30 uh, of, uh, of uh, money in manufacturing, the whole nine yards, the, quanti- the, the epinephrine, the, the needle, everything. Mm-hmm. It's under $30 to make it. Okay. And the price is about $500. Uh, and, of course, whoa, no problem because the insurance covers it. Well, if, if your insurance is like my insurance, you know, it'll cover half of it, or two thirds of it at the at the most. Um, so, you know, I, my my sense is that it's highway robbery, and it's wrong. And um, so, what have I done? I've looked into this, uh, and I I thought to myself, if you go to your primary care doctor and you cannot afford a, a, an EpiPen, an automatic syringe thing that that gives it to you uh, quickly and easily, and you have uh, some kind of wherewithal, you know, you you're, you could you're willing to learn to draw uh, epinephrine out of a, a a bottle and put it into a syringe and then shoot the needle and use the old-fashioned way, the way we did it up until somebody came up with the epipen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you uh, have uh, wherewithal to do that, it's going to be twenty dollars instead of six hundred dollars. Interesting. 
but you're going to have to talk to your primary care uh, provider. And I've, I've gone through that. I wrote an epinephrine essay uh, this week. And um, so it was either in this Monday's Brookings Register or next Monday's. It was in the DSMET News this last week. And the point is that um, uh, I took out the part where I said, go buy, get a syringe. <laughs> and, I mean, the epinephrine is, uh, they can buy uh, lots of epinephrine for a very low price. And a syringe, you know, not expensive. Mm -hmm. Draw it up and give it to yourself. Now, whenever you think about the need for an EpiPen or to do the epi epinephrine thing, you do it and you head to the emergency room because you might need more. It might be there's something else that's happening. Uh, and so I don't, I would never suggest that you just do the EpiPen and say, okay, I'm good. And part of the reason why they put two of them in is because you do one and then five minutes later, you're coming down with it again. You're in trouble that you've got the second one. And you know what, the EpiPen would be good for people who have severe attacks of asthma that cannot come out of the blue. Asthma kills. And if, if um, uh, I've had patients who, if they had only had an EpiPen nearby, they would still be alive. Mm. So um, my comment about EpiPen is the, that is one thing that should be available for poor and rich alike right. easily. And, it, and, and uh, the profit motive of the pharmaceutical industry that's doing this, it just burns my heart. Mm -hmm. that this is happening and I think the government who's aware that it's happening they call them up on it they put it in, in uh, these people in front of it uh, they still didn't do anything about it it's time our government got to work on the pharmaceutical industry and said you know shape up or ship out you know we're going to go we're going to find another way right right yeah and I know there's some people who um have an EpiPen around for those just-in-case situations, right. and maybe how how long of a shelf life do they usually have? Well, you, you know, know? The, that's a hard question. That's I hard, thought yeah. if it's in your glove compartment in your car day, you know, through the winter and the summer, probably not very long. Uh, you know, less than a year. Mm -hmm. uh, if you keep it in the refrigerator, and then maybe when you're going on a trip, you carry it with you, or when you know you're going to be away from home for a few days, you carry it with you, or if you're going to the lake and there's bug, bugs and bees and nearby that you have it there, you know, that kind of a thing. Right. Um, uh, if you keep it in a refrigerator, it's going to last a lot longer. Okay. Yeah, it's an expensive thing to have around for just in case, and then if you don't use it, and it's, it's a... Two years ago, two years ago, Mark Bubach and, and Tom Luzier, who were going to be here tomorrow night, well, one of them had a kind of a old EpiPen uh -huh. that had been around for a couple of years, and they said it's outdated, so... It's probably not as strong as the other. And I said, I I'll do it on air. So I took the EpiPen on air just to prove that it, you know, the, the danger of an EpiPen is really pretty low. Uh -huh. I mean, it'll make, if you've got heart rhythm problems, okay. But if you don't have heart rhythm problems, what the heck. So I took the EpiPen, and of course, my speech speeded it up a little bit <laughs> over the next 20 minutes. But... Um, uh, it, 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 it's not a big deal. And I think the point I'm trying to make and I was making is that if you might need an EpiPen because you could have gotten bit by, a, you know, or stung by a, a bee or could have had a peanut exposure or whatever your danger for anaphylaxis, you know, these yes. severe reactions, uh, take the pen instead. Okay. 
and then get to the emergency room in case you know the workup and the backup ne- is needed. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay. All right. Well, it's time for us to take our next break. And following these words from Avera Medical Group Brookings, we will be happy to discuss the medical questions of interest to you. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Welcome back to the Prairie Doc radio program. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Dr. Rick Holm is here in the studio with us. And we have been talking about allergies this morning. And we had a caller um, give us a call, um, a woman who says she takes an allergy pill daily, but still has days that she sneezes a lot. Anything she can do. Well, I, you know, I, I know what uh, Bubak does. He, he will say, aller- he'll say Allegra in the morning and Zyrtec at night on those extra bad days. Okay. And then if that's not enough, then he'll add the steroid nasal spray. Okay. I think that's a reasonable option, you know, uh, and play it by ear, you know, and wh- the least pills, the best pills. So if, if you're finding that you're doing good, taper off the steroid nasal spray and then taper off the Zyrtec at night. Um, I think Allegra is more powerful than Claritin. Claritin, uh, I'd, go, I'd move in that direction. Uh, and uh, sometimes uh, you can't get it all, but you can you can suppress it. So she may be oh, sneezing one heck of a lot less than she would have been had she not been on that pill. Right. So she might be all right, too. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it depends. I like the idea of, you know, f- for, uh, I've been going through, I've had some things with this Whipple procedure and this cancer. And so, you know, I'm not taking pills so that I'm perfectly comfortable. Mm-hmm. I like to try to go without pills. And if I really need them, you know, a certain amount of discomfort, okay, you know, you just live with. As you get older, there's a certain amount of things that you just live with. Uh, and so life is not easy. So, pfft, but there's some glorious things there too. So you're better off not snowing yourself and not, you know, da da da, and you don't need to, you don't see the glorious things. So um, my thought is the least amount of medicine is the best. Get mm-hmm. by. You, if you can't cover it, if it, if it isn't all the sneezes, but it got most of them, pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, very good. We have another question. Um, I had an allergy at one time. Are they lifetime or can they go away? They can go away. For example, I was a childhood asthmatic. I, I had terrible asthma as a little boy. It gave me medicine that made me shake like a leaf and... I'm basically sick. I remember looking to my dad and saying, Dad, I don't, Daddy, I remember saying, <laughs> I was that young. I'd rather just wheeze than, than, than have that, that pill. But the savior was when Dr. Bell, G. Robert Bell from DSMET, gave me a, uh, a beta agonist inhaler. And it was an Alupent inhaler. And I could breathe at night. Mm-hmm. I could go to sleep. That was the thing. If you can't sleep at night, that and you're wheezing, and you you know the only way you can find a comfortable spot to wheeze, in is is with your head between your knees and your butt up in the air. Isn't that a weird deal? Mm-hmm. That position seemed to give me a chance to breathe better at night. But you can't sleep because you'd follow <laughs> follow. So I mean, I can remember up all night, wheezing. Yes. And the Alupent inhaler saved the day. And, I, you know, I did that for a number of years and then tapered off of it. So what, what causes that? Well, how do we outgrow these allergies? Or 
all of a sudden have allergies we never had before. The body, you know, the body is this constant changing, healing thing. You know, mm-hmm. We have, with the exception of maybe a few cells in the brain, we have no cells that we had seven years ago. Mm. Our cells are turning over. There's a constant change. We're a new person. You are nothing like you were seven years ago, Laura. Yes. <laughs> well, of course you are, but <laughs> it's following a template. Right. And the point is that the body changes and heals. It's constantly healing. A 70-year-old, 90-year-old woman falls and breaks her forearm. It heals. It comes together. It bonds again. It becomes a new bone. We heal. We're, our body is the magic of this wonderful bodies that we have. You know, we're healing and we're defending ourselves and we're changing all the time. And so I, my, that's my answer to your question of do allergies come and go? And right. the answer is we're, we're changing. Yes. <laughs> and somewhere along the line, the T cells in the immune system maybe recognizes that we want to have a dog at home. And we're not going to be so allergic to dogs or something like that. That's kind of what happened at our house. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So we have, I think, uh, two minutes. We get look. Yeah. yeah, Fifty-eight. We're coming close. So the show tomorrow night ought to be great fun with uh, uh, Tom uh, Tom Luzier, an allergist, a pediatrician, former pediatrician, and then then an allergist uh, from Aberdeen, and then former. Mayo Clinic allergist who moved to Sioux Falls and then kind of went back to the Mayo, worked for them for a while again, and then decided, you know, I really like being independent, living in Sioux Falls. So Mayo Clinic uh, trained and, and uh, employed uh, Mark uh, Bubach. So yeah. we're going to have two really excellent uh, experts for tomorrow night and some, some uh, Yahoo guy who's trying to ho- herd them in because they're <laughs> <laughs> because they're interesting and they all want to talk at the same time. Yes. So it'll be a great fun show f- tonight, tomorrow night on, on allergies. Yeah, so allergies are, I think, fascinating. Um, some of us just, you know, maybe have some seasonal issues with them. And some people I know allergies affect everything in their daily lives and they have to make a lot of decisions based on those allergies. So um, fascinating. Thank you for your information today. And we'll look forward to learning some more on SDPB. Um, television tomorrow night at 7. Well, we hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. As always, you can see and hear more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. Thank you, Dr. Holm, and that's all until next week. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Bob. And, you know, the show tomorrow night's nothing, it's not going to be anything to sneeze at you. Ah, <laughs> uh, very oh, clever. Dr. Holm, <laughs> you, Stay didn't, healthy out you didn't say the extra. I did, and you should exercise before you watch that show tomorrow night. <laughs>